Hey everyone, we've got one of my favorite episodes of all time today. I got to catch up with the one and only Josie Marin of Josie Marin Cosmetics. Uh, we were able to talk about her days as one of the original influencers, a supermodel, how she built a $150 million brand that Jimmy Kimmel told her would be dead within two years, and then how her marketing strategies have changed from the days of QVC to the days of social media. Uh, remember to be a friend and tell a friend and subscribe. Also, if you have any dream guests, send them our way and we'll, uh, we'll do our best to get them on. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. Welcome to Earned, everyone. Today, we are going to learn from possibly our most talented guest yet, Josie Moran. Welcome to the show, Josie. What's up, everyone? Thank you for having me. That is such a nice intro, and I hope I can uh, level up. Also, my name, just so if you really want to be like in the Josie crew, my name is says, pronounced Josie Marin. Marin? Like, like oh my Karen. God. That should have come up. That should have come up in the research. Uh, no, it's, it's like nowhere. Even at my high school graduation, they were like, Josie Moran. And I was like, no. But, anyways, so Josie Marin. What's Marin, up? okay, I've got it now. <laughs> uh, that was that's part of the, that was a just that was a bit in the show. We were just trying to get everybody to know how to pronounce your name. That was the yep, idea. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you know, in my uh, pre-show research, I watched your interviews with Jimmy Fallon, Conan O'Brien. I feel like I'm right in line with that now. You know, I'm like it's just the now next logical step um, I mean, are in you, your career. Are you sweating because of Jimmy Kimmel? Like every time I've been on his show like three times and he like was always like sweating bullets and I'm, I literally would call him out in the show. I'd be like, why are you sweating? He's like, I have a crush on you. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I, it, it's like, are you sweating over there, Connor? <laughs> oh, I'm not sweating. Sorry. Okay, sorry. I, no I wish I was. I feel like it's oh, well. a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still have a crush. Don't no, worry. Um, no, that's funny. Although in one of his interviews, I heard him say that he, he bet, you said you were going to create your own cosmetics line, mm -hmm. and uh, he bet that it wouldn't exist in two years. So you got yeah. that up on him. Like, like, that was like, what, let's see, three, four, that was like 17 years ago, and so my line is 14 years old. So, boom, I'm going to have to call him right after this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, let's give, for the people that don't know you, let's give the kind of full background, right? So you started your career at, on the cover of Glamour Magazine. You were then the face of Maybelline for 10 years. You were a Sports Illustrated model. Yep. Then you went to film and TV as an actress, Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and then obviously you have The Line, right? Which 2007, yeah. so we're, I think you said 14 it's years. almost 14, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. And $150 million in revenue, at least from what my at sources least. tell me, which yep. is, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, that's a penny or two. Yeah. And then you just launched an Ulta this year. And then in the data that we're tracking, I don't know if you've even seen these numbers yet. You're up 86% year over year in EMV for Q1. So uh, that's a heck of a career you've got there so far. Yay. Thank you. Well, we're got a lot to go. I'm a big Streamer, so I want to be top number one EMV, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I just interviewed uh, Mariana Hewitt, and she, mm -hmm. you kind of remind me really? of her in that, like, you guys have so many things going on. Like, it's, like, kind of crazy. I don't know. Like, I admire it. It's pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's super fun, but we'll get into why it's super fun. But, yeah, it's great. It, if you enjoy it, like, why not go for it, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's... 
for me, work isn't, you know, it's not work, right? Like I enjoy what I do. And at that point, it's just, it's just you just keep pushing. And right? It's actually get... more about balancing out the other side. Exactly. And also it's like, I feel like pushing should even have like a better word because I feel like when you, you're, you love what you do, you're just more creative. You're more innovative. You're more like into it and you ideas are just more abundant. So it's like, you mm -hmm. don't even have to push anymore. You're just like in the flow. It's so fun. I usually have to cut down. It's like too many things, Me right? Too. You're like, what do you have to cut? What do you have to edit? Discipline. Um, well, let, uh, <laughs> let's, I, I've, I've actually learned, I was very anti-discipline, yeah, anti-organization, growing my whole life, mm -hmm. but I've like learned yeah. the value of it, yeah. certainly over time. This is, um, this is a good quote that I learned that changed my whole perspective of discipline, because I'm not into rules, and I love breaking rules, but <laughs> discipline is different. It's the Discipline comes from disciple. So it's the disciple of your dreams. So discipline is the disciple. It means like deciding you're going to say, stay disciplined to these things, commit this much time, like build discipline around your dreams. And then you can actually make them happen because you're so focused and so clear and so, you know, organized on that thing. So it's like discipline actually allows disciple of your dreams. I love that. I, uh, I am a huge kind of focus person. So I actually write down on a quarterly basis, I'll come up with four different things I want to focus on yeah. and I write about them every day, right? Like what am I doing towards these four things? It's super effective. That's um, amazing. I do too. <laughs> I do, I, I'm the same. Exactly the same. So I want to get into your background first, but there is something that seems really top of mind, right? So you guys changed your distribution strategy for the first time. Um, in a very long time, I think it's said 10 years, yep. um, moving into Ulta, yeah. what, uh, what motivated that? And then I think, you know, now that you've done it, mm -hmm. right, obviously doing it during a pandemic, I don't think it's like a typical time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how's it going? Like, is it going well? Is it hard? Like, what's been the experience so far? Yeah, so I mean, the reason to do it was we needed to expand uh, our wings, um, you know, and to be honest, so we were just in Sephora, just at QVC, and our own .com. Um, and just having pretty much Sephora and QVC is really, it makes it really hard to grow awareness, eyeballs, love affairs beyond yeah. them. And it just became like very clear that we needed to grow distribution to grow community and grow people and fans and, you know, Argon. Argonauts, Argon, 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 Astronaut, Argonauts, we, Argonauts, <laughs> we have so many fun names for our, our Argon beauties. Um, yes. So. Well, I like the Argon nuts because it actually comes from a nut too, yeah, right? Exactly. So you got that like double, yeah. and, mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> So it was a big deal. Honestly, uh, Ulta was on my booty for a while and I was like, just nope, nope. And I was so comfortable with my QVC and Sephora business, I was like, it's already a lot to handle. And like I said, we, we have a pretty tight team. And so I was just kind of like comfortable and a bit lazy to have to grow and go on in like a whole nother adventure of another distribution channel and QVC and Sephora are pretty intense. <laughs> I yeah. love them, but I mean, they're those pretty are the big boys. intense. And I'm like, woohoo, I have two kids. I'm like, come on. Um, so I finally actually made the decision like a year before the pandemic, just so everyone knows it was not 
by choice that that, you know, pandemic would happen exactly when we launched, but it ended up being totally cool. Um, so the question is now, how's it going or so that's why. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, how it's going. It's going great. We're totally building, as you can see in EMV and blah, blah, blah. Like we're expanding. You can see there's new eyeballs on the brand. There's new love. Um, and we're kind of just going slow and take, like trying to get smart um, as we go. I've learned, you know, slow and steady wins the race sometimes. And in this case, I think just like getting to know the Ulta model, getting to know our how the inventory flows in and out before you go too big and you can, you know, implode kind of thing. Cause I just want to be huge there. I'm like, I'm going to be number one now. And she, like, everyone's like, let's just figure it out. Plus, so it's going really well. They, they love argan oil and they love body butter. <laughs> um, they love a few of my other SKUs. So it's, it's like, they love my core stuff there. Um, I'm yep, yep. Ulta is like wonderful to work with. So that has been an amazing experience. Um, what else about it? Um, I mean, just like I said, I'm, I'm probably gonna grow my, my team and there is a um, reimagining of the brand happening right now. I mean, like we're- Yeah, you're doing like a rebranding, right? Like next yeah. year? Is that the plan? Yeah. Yeah. And so I what prompted think, that? That's a big, that's the so first time years. in X number of, yeah. Yeah. It's a long time to, you know, to be doing the same thing. And when I started, so we can kind of go back is like, my whole thing was to, to help the beauty industry become healthier to the planet and to the people. Like I didn't understand why there was just not good ingredients, healthy ingredients, things that were making people sick, like my grandmother, my mother, um, in, in, a be in the beauty world, I thought this was supposed to beautify, not hurtify. <laughs> so like as, yeah, a, as a little totally. girl, I was just like, wait, why? why? Why are people getting sick off their beauty products? So I've just been on this mission to be like, okay, and why can't it be when it's healthy? Because I grew up in Northern California, like around a lot of crunchy, hippie, you know, natural people. And all the good healthy stuff was in the back of a health food store and it was like dusty and muddy and brown and mm -hmm. just not sexy at all. And so I wanted to bring, I was like, why should we have to compromise like luxury and chic and sexiness and trendiness for health? Like you shouldn't have to sacrifice and you shouldn't have to sacrifice your health for beauty. So what if we brought these two worlds together and I call it chicological. So chic, and good for you, good for the planet, ecological. And it was really the first time, honestly, sorry, I think, pretty sure that people, <laughs> someone did it. <laughs> so I did it and we can go on that whole journey. But then after 14 years, I, it's being done. And honestly, like I told myself at the beginning, I said, I'm super competitive. But this, the whole point of doing this is that the beauty industry changes. Like everybody jumps on the bandwagon and try, goes clean and green. We didn't have clean mm -hmm. back then. That wasn't a word. But, um, you know, healthy, non-toxic, good for you. And green, good for the planet. And, um, and everyone's done it. And I'm like, not everyone. They're, it's happening. It's big. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's becoming normal. You know, it's normalized. So yay. And so it's like, where is my next push? My next 
you know, creative, innovative, just moving the dial. Like where does the beauty industry need to go next? I, and I would like to, I have a gift of kind of like envisioning the future a little bit. And so I, I'm now reimagining what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I mean, you were way ahead of your time, both in terms of the kind of clean movement, right? Quote, unquote, yeah. however you want to kind of phrase that, as well as the, um, you know, like I feel like every celebrity now is launching their own skincare line. Right. And that doesn't seem like that was something that was really popular back when you did it. it mm -hmm. Or, you know, did you get a lot of pushback when you decided to do it? I mean... I funded it myself, so I had a, mm -hmm. you know, I modeled since I was 12 years old, so I had it, and I'd just been saving for this dream, um, and so the put, the only pushback that I could get at that point was, like, if I did go out and, you know, look for a partner at the beginning, I did run out of money after, like, a year in, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, at least you had your other career going, right? Yeah, I guess. But, and I just like, things happen amazingly in my, in this business, like that ended up being amazingly helpful. Like Margarita, the SVP, you know, the old SVP at Sephora, she was um, SVP, uh, VP of merchandising, SVP of merchandising, you know, Margarita, she was like yes, the yes. <laughs> queen of the beauty industry. She helped figure out a way to, buy a whole bunch of argon oil and pay me up front and then kind of cover me. And then argon oil took oh, wow. off because she put it in the beauty to go section at that point. It was called beauty to go, not beauty on the fly. And just like, she sat with me, looked at my P and L like went over. So like, let's figure this out. And she did that. And then it took off. So little beautiful, you know, things like that happened that didn't, I didn't, you can have that. small moments like that, that really have a dramatic impact. They don't always happen. Yeah. But it sounds like that was one of them. Was that at the same time that you were also running out of cash? Yeah, that was the exact time. And I started yeah, asking, yeah. going around and asking people. And so like, there wasn't a lot of modeling celebrities doing this. And so the thing about being a model is that you're assumed that you're dumb and, you know, just a pretty face. And so like, I had to deal with my own insecurities about, you know, that in, in these meetings and in the world, like, I want to prove everyone I'm not just a pretty face. Um, and so it just was kind of, I honestly, it was a personal, like I had to get over myself. Like I had to f feel confident enough, build confident confidence that I could not could just do be it. seen like a, just a stupid model. Um, but also the heart, I mean, the hardest thing that I got pushback for, it wasn't really being a model. That was my own personal journey. It was about trying to take out the toxic shit from our products, like mm. from labs, from chemists. Yeah, I would imagine if you're calling, cause you're calling out other people, right? In some way. It wasn't, like, it wasn't other brands. Saying, I, I like learned, I, I told myself early on, I was not, especially being the face of Maybelline, um, I wasn't yep. gonna tell, make them look bad. But I, no, it was the chemi like it was chemists and packaging people, yeah, like telling yeah, me it was yeah. impossible. I was like, well, just take it out and let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a shot yeah please yeah. and they were like parabens aren't bad for you that's a whole blah blah and i'm like no 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 i don't i don't really care let's just take it out okay um <laughs> anyway so that was my major pushback it wasn't the whole celebrity modely thing
Yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's talk about that part of your career, just yeah. to take a step back so people know kind of who you are. What, uh, what motivated you to start doing it when you were so young? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, motivated me. So when I was 12, I was at a barbecue mm -hmm. <laughs> and a family barbecue and just someone, a photographer was there and she happened, I think she was photographing a Benetton fashion show in San Francisco. And she was like, well, you do that. I did it. It was so fun. Benetton was like the coolest thing. I got to wear like a scarf on my head, you know, it's like super eclectic and cool and creative. So I was like, yeah. And there was an agent there that was just like, Hey, would you like to model? So I became a model at 12 years old and it was like San Francisco style modeling where it's Levi's Macy's Mervyn's the gap. Mervyn's. Mervyn's. I haven't heard that name know, in a minute. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mervyn's. <laughs> yeah, I know. Poor Mervyn. Um, and yeah, and then I did a few, like I did a Hershey chocolate commercial and it like yeah. was just, it. I was cruising and I was doing, I did really well in that and it was like really fun. I, I'm, I love food. Um, uh -huh. and so I would measure my modeling hours by pizzas. <laughs> so they would be like, Jesse, like can you stay for another hour? And I got $150 an hour, which for a 12 year old is obviously a shit ton of money. But yeah. there, I was like, yes, that's 15 more pizzas. Cause pizzas were like 10 bucks a pop. <laughs> and I was like, all right, no problem. And like, I get 15 more pizzas. <laughs> like I just built my career on pizzas. Um, yeah, so, yep, so I just started modeling. My mom would take me up to San Francisco every day from Bay Area, um, Menlo Park, Palo Alto area. And it was just this really fun thing. I really enjoyed meeting lots of different people. I got to sit in lots of makeup chairs and ask a lot of questions about what they were using on me. <laughs> and that's where a little curious yeah. Josie came into like, well, is it possible for you to make a healthy you know, any healthy makeup that's actually good enough for a makeup artist. And they were like, no, no, every, like literally until I was like 25, they just kept saying how impossible it was to do. And even just going up a little bit, like when you were saying like any pushback, I would talk to other brands that I was friends with the founders. Like I remember I was at a party at Mr. Chow's, like, cause I was acting and stuff. So I got to go to these like fancy Oscar parties and stuff like that. And um, there was another makeup line founder there and I was telling him my dream, like I hadn't started the line yet and I was like telling him what I was working on and he was like, you'll never be able to do that. There's no way you could do that. And I was like, oh, you just- Gotta love those conversations yeah. that you never forget, I was like, right? You just, yeah. <laughs> I've got a handful of those. I like can see him and I can feel me just like looking deep down his eyes and being like, I'm about to. I certainly am now. You, right, I certainly, you got me. Now it's on, brother. <laughs> so yeah, um, and then my model, and then I after graduated high school, went to college for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was like I'm not gonna model anymore. They found me and worked my butt off. Like I lived in San Diego, supposed to be going to school, but I wasn't. And then drove back and forth to LA back. Um, for like a year doing auditions and, and you know, meetings, blah, blah, blah. And my career just took off and then I moved to New York and became a supermodel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you, I mean, one of the things that was interesting for me, cause I, again, 
you know, watching you throughout your career, I think you've maintained, you've been pretty even keeled the whole time, right? Like you didn't seem to get sucked into it too badly. Too badly. Um, well, no, yeah. No, I mean like, I don't know, like, right. Like I'm guessing just from the outside, yeah. but, um, you know, was that, did you get sucked in or was it pretty easy to maintain or yeah, what, I just have, what helped you there? I, what, what, what helped me? Or what did you say? What? Yeah. 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 Like, how did you like, I'm a, like not, yeah, get yeah. a big head basically. Yeah, my mom very early on has always been like, you cannot get a big head. This is not, yeah. you know, this is, what's important is like what's on the inside. And she would, like there was just no support about anything fake, anything materialistic, anything about that. So I think that just my family building, building value around me and what's what I'm about and my light and my you know personality and just like my love of life just really cheering that on and I don't know I never I never I, my mom really made it a big deal to to be authentic and to be me and to tell the truth and to speak my truth and just have fun so I she like literally would point out people that were fake and be like do you see how awful that is? And I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I just had, like, it drilled into me, like, just be you, girl. That's the best. And, you know, just do that. So I, I even probably a little bit too spunky sometimes. <clears throat> um, so, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I think I just was had a lot of confidence in terms of just being myself. So I just never tried not to. And I'm just very interested and curious and ex so, so excited and honored and grateful to be able to travel all the time um, on as a model and just explore the world and, and meet so many interesting people. And I was just like... People love to have me on their shoots because I was so excited to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... But that, like, not everybody has that, right? You would assume that everybody would be excited to do that, but it's just not... Yeah. I think that kind of energy can be infectious, right? Yeah. It was cool. Um, it was good. Um, and just a little side story um, on the, getting the Maybelline job. Yeah. So when I was 12, I think I started this even before I started modeling. I watched a commercial, a Maybelline commercial, and it was Christy Turlington walking down the street in New York City, and she was like, do, 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 on the, in New York with this like cute dress, and it just was like, maybe it's Maybelline, and she like just turned around and looked at the camera, and I had no idea about modeling, I had no idea about makeup, I had no idea about fashion, I had no idea about being cool. Um, but I just, since that moment, wanted to have that experience of walking down the street in New York and be like, woohoo, and do that twirl, and maybe it's Maybelline. So every night I went to bed and I crossed my fingers and I prayed to be the Maybelline girl. Wow. And when I turned 18, I was living in San Diego, driving every day, San Diego to LA, which is at least two or three hours back and forth. Um, and I, my agent called me and was like, there's a audition for a Maybelline campaign. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> my time has come. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Don't screw it up. It was just like, wow. I just remember I was just like, it, but it was just all like, okay, here it is. And next thing you know, they hired me. Of course they don't give you yeah. a 10 year contract at that point. Hired me. I did a job for them. 
They hired me again, did another job. Next thing I know, they're calling. They're like, we want to do a contract with you for a year. And then I was like, are you kidding? Do you, do you guys realize what just happened? I just made this happen. Like I manifested this. So after that experience, I, as a little girl realized, I mean, little as I was 18 at that point, but from 12 to 18, I had my thoughts, my dream, my thoughts created literally my dreams. And like, I became a very powerful person. I was like, whoa, I can do anything. Yeah. I just have to put some energy into it. And so that was just such a game-changing moment for me and my um, superpowers. <laughs> and so, yeah. Just, yeah, like I just love to, to tell people that story because it really is. You are powerful if you put your mind to it. <laughs> yeah, the phrase I always liked that kind of gave the same feeling to me was um, so Steve Jobs quote. And I'm trying to remember the first half of the quote, but essentially it goes, you know, the day that people look around and realize that everything around you, right? This iPhone, the laptop, the house was all built by people no smarter than you, right? Exactly. Um, is the day that you realize like, oh shit, like if I want to do this, I can, right? I just have to do it. Um, obviously, yeah. So that's super cool. Yes, if it's um, to be, it's up to me. Yep. So, um, anyways, yeah, so that's just a cool little powerful story. Just, it's so amazing. I remember I used to meet with like Maybelline fans that they would bring in to meet me and I would tell them that story. Cause I was just like, come on, everybody, come on girls. Let's like all do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, so then you started the brand, right? Yeah. And I think it seems like the brand of anything has almost been like the largest kind of portion of your career at this point, yeah. probably moving forward, right? You're going to you know, you're not moving away from it anytime soon, I would imagine. Nope. When you started it, was that the intention or was it more, you know, did you expect to do it for a few years and then move on? Like, what was the, what was the intention going into it? Intention was to change the world with lipstick. <laughs> All right. I love so, it. <laughs> it was like, whatever, whatever it takes to do that. And I remember I had my first, you know, meeting with Sephora. I literally had my baby. She was brand new born. I had her, I was like breastfeeding her in the meeting and my mom to help me figure out how, if I, she, baby started crying, I need to like do this huge presentation to Sephora. Um, uh, they were like, you know, we have, we have like some other celebrity makeup lines that, you know, they're kind of like not really, really into it. Like they're not, they're in, they're out, you know, yep. just, but we, yep. we don't really. Well, they're doing it for the money, right? Yeah. Usually is what's happening. Exactly. They're not doing it because they actually care. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm here to change the world with lipstick. And I remember I was in their very tall San Francisco building looking out and just like, and I, you know, just Sephora being in San Francisco is like my home place. So I just always feel like we're doing this together. It's just like this thing where like real partners on changing the world. But anyways, I told him I'm changing the world with lipstick. Like, no, I, it's not about my name, celebrity, anything. This is like me. I need to like do this. And they're like, cool. All right. And they were just like super into it. They're, you know, they're always ahead of the, of the game. So anyways, um, yeah, so that was my goal and I haven't changed the world yet. <laughs> But I mean, <laughs> contributing a piece yeah, to it, right? Totally. And so we're on our way, you know, we're, we're, we're making a difference. Definitely. I just have a lot more I want to do. So there was no real time. I mean, I've, I've had moments where I was like, okay, I'm ready to like sell. Da, da, da. 
but then I always come back. My team will be like, you really are pulling out of this idea. I'm like, sorry, I'm not ready. Um, and then right now with the reimagining process, I'm so in love with this potential and what we're going to do that I'm like, I, do I have to sell one day? They're like, no, you don't have to sell. But <laughs> what you do want to have is choices. So, you know, that's the, that's my new goal is to just have choices to create something so amazing that I can For decide sure. what I want it. So let's talk UBC. So, yeah. you know, so you obviously Sephora was near and dear to your heart, but you know, at least from what, what I read, QVC is like two thirds of your revenue or was at least in the past. Um, tell me about that part of the journey. When did you start working with them? You know, what's it been like? Uh, would love to hear about it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I've been on there for about 11 or 12 years. Um, they, found me in I like I did an exclusive with Vogue to launch the brand and they found it they came and met with me um and it's actually funny when I first launched on QVC it was like on Earth Day you know me I'm like all like yes changing the world or Earth Day 12 years ago on QVC that was they had an Earth Day program but it was like not successful nobody cared um and I like was just kind of like this but like more natural and um uh didn't work out i was i sold like this lip palette <laughs> totally bomb <laughs> no so i got scared and went home and i was like oof never mind on that idea um not you know on that qbc thing but then argon oil at sephora took off and if really we like started learning a lot about like Argon oil is this amazing thing. I mean, we know it was an amazing thing, but like in the world, it's like created an oil category. You know, I call it the Rev Oil Lucian. Like it was like this huge, big deal. Like that I was like, wait a minute, let me tell the story of Argon oil on mm -hmm. QVC. That is the power here. That's my like special sauce. That's obviously what was meant to be with them. So I went on. And, you know, I take people through the journey of like how I found it, how I discovered it, how the Moroccan, how they make it, how these beautiful Moroccan women make it, how powerful it is, and kind of how at that point a big disruption it was just to put an oil on your face. Like everyone was like so scared of putting an oil on your face. Yeah, like, oils were, there's a lot of negativity attached to oils at one point. Yeah. Like I definitely remember growing like, up being like, oh, that's yeah. the bad stuff, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So like it was, I think that's honestly what, part of what made it so powerful and special and contagious in a way because um to get the so what happened was one person would try it and i would tell them like i know it sounds scary but trust me putting one pure high quality amazing ingredient onto your skin is going to change your life it changed my life let me see if it can change yours. And then people would like be like, oh God, oh God, ha. Ah. And they would be like, oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez, that's good. You know, like, whoa. It's like literally when you're dry or you're oily and you put this on, you're like, oh my God. If something happens, I, I think it takes you to another place. Like I can't measure the magic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is. And so what was cool about it is that you got, the, so this woman, she would get the courage to put it on her face and she was so proud of herself and had this like amazing magical moment that she had to tell everybody about it. Mm -hmm, so everyone mm -hmm. just like was telling 
Like, cause you felt so like empowered. You're like, I did it and it changed my life. Like you gotta do this. And you're like, if you're, if you're smart and you're courageous, you'll do it too. Like, and so everyone was like kind of in this challenge to, to like put an oil on their face. Um, and so it just went crazy and spread so fast. And so I went on back on QVC and it sold out the first time I was on. And here we Love go. It. We have like this amazing argon oil business at QVC. Um, so yeah, it was, QVC has been amazing. And in, in, in your world, like I kind of was like a original influencer, I think. Like people tell me this. I'm still having a <laughs> understanding this. But like, you know, I was sort of, I guess, known, but it doesn't even matter. Like I was like now this like, educator and like lover of argon oil and wanting to make the industry healthy um and i just got to use my voice i got to use the plat the qvc amazing platform to just like spread the love and share the love and tell everyone how i can help them with this like organic simple ingredient and we just fell in love with each other and then like now we have this amazing like i have amazing argonauts or argon beauties like we're just a community there that just plays with each other and they call in you know and I talk to them and we're just like hanging out and I'm my whole thing is like I want people empower people like to feel good in their skin and take care of themselves and just like have an amazing life um so it's been this like just back and forth love affair of my community there and and just learning from them like what they want and I design a lot of my products come from their asks I mean, that's, I think there's a few things in there that's are, that are really interesting, right? So one, you know, when you talk about that time, it's kind of weird to think back on that. Like I just forgot that yeah. like oil was yeah. like not viewed positively at one point. And so yeah. having somebody like on screen that's like, it's okay, I promise yeah. it's gonna be great. And then they do it and then like that, you earn so much trust that way. Yeah. Um, especially when it's something that you came up with and that you believe in and that's like real, right? That actually works. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think that's part of the reason that, you know, influencers do well today too, right? They put their own reputation on the line saying like, this is good and I really believe in it. And if you create those moments of trust with, with the, you know, your community, you know, that's a story that spreads really quickly over time. So uh, no, it's just really cool to hear. Natural. Yeah, it, it was, you know, just kind of, it was the beginnings of this whole world where people are probably like, Okay, this is the equation to becoming an influencer, a successful influencer. I just love how it like happened. And QVC is like the original, what, what is it? The original sort of social media. Cause you're like getting to actually talk with your people, you know, your community. Like we were on the phone talking and um, just, it's a, it was like next level connection before there was social media. media. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that, you know, if you talk to Tiffany at Drunk Elephant or mm -hmm. uh, Vicky at Tatcha, right, they're doing the same thing, but through social. They would spend two to four hours a day, every day on Instagram, on Snapchat, mm -hmm. communicating with their fans. And that's just such a special connection. Um, yeah. I think it's one of the, you know, one of the things that makes the internet really special that you can do that, yeah. so, you know, do what you were doing essentially, right? Yeah. And so while that was, while I was doing it on QVC, I was not paying attention to social. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was well, like, about no, that journey. So I how's got it changed, this. right? Like, yeah. when did you and realize, like, I got to do social media too? Like, what, what was like that? Like, literally like? yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started showing up, you know, before that, so. <laughs> you must go. But yeah, I, I really was late to the game. Um, 
and uh, so, um, but now. Well, when you I'm have like, a good thing going, right? Like, because you have, yeah. I'm sure, like, you know, QVC, you go on there, you have people calling, you probably talked to you multiple times before, like, you've got a whole vibe going. Like, Yeah, it was a whole vibe. And plus, I'm, you know, I'm the CEO, I'm the product of, like, I'm very busy person in QVC is a huge business. It's a huge machine. So like yep. lots of new products, lots of stuff, you know? So anyway, so like, it was just not just that I was like, Hey everybody. And like, and like this is cool, but it was like, I was busy. So, and then, and I was having the babies. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> I Are babies like, a lot of work. <laughs> really? You guys just sit over there for a while. Um, so I just, um, then I was like, Oh my God, it, it catches up to you where you're like, oh shit, <laughs> there's other yeah. games going on that I got to like figure out. So that was just a few years ago, honestly, like we finally got a social media team a few years ago, like maybe a year and a half ago. How's it gone so far? It's really fun. I mean, I get to like, I mean, I'm learning. I'm just learning about it so much right now. I have some good mentors that are teaching me too, but to be able to leverage, well, first of all, to have a platform to, again, spread the love and like have this, you know, community that we can play with is just what I love anyway. So how do we take that, what we've been doing and what I love to do and bring it into this new medium um, is something we're learning about. And I think what, what's been like this whole, we talked about, you know, it's been 14 years I'm reimagining I never really created the, like, it's always been just like me going like, okay, gut level, gut level, do this, do this. Like we never really like put what the brand DNA is on paper because we had me and we're just like, we'll figure it out as we go. But because we didn't, we haven't done that and like created like real brand codes that go with that. There's just, and, and, and been so dependent on me just on TV, like, you know, talking and loving up my inventions and being able to sell a lot of it that way. I haven't ever had to like figure out how to put it into like 3D, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and brand it and did it, figure out how to grow it and even like get influencers and other people to like know exactly who I am and actually how to, you know, go out with that. So right now we're in that, we're in that learning and building out of like, what is the codes of this brand? You know, what's the DNA and then like going there. So I think the re social will be a completely different game. We'll have a, a much more engaged community because we'll really have a very clear point of view and, you know, structure around how to bring that out. Yeah. Does I mean, the sense? thing is, you've been you know living, right? Totally. But I mean, the nice part mm -hmm. is, right, you've been living the kind of brand ethos for however long, right? Yeah. 14 years. And so, you know, you are the sum of your collective actions, right? Like all of those actions together is what made the brand yeah. it is today. And so you just have to codify it now, right? It's just about getting it yeah. down on paper. Is it, has that been challenging? Has it been hard to do that? Or, you know, does it feel pretty easy? <laughs> I have a secret support system happening and they, when you get the masters, it's been the most fulfilling, wonderful, easy experience. So. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. 
Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but if we're just in the making of it, you know. No, it's um, going to be great. That's going to be cool. great. Thanks. Okay. I got one more question. <laughs> I've got one more question. Okay. And, and then, I, uh, can I, am I allowed to surprise you with a few questions or no? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. You are the first one that's flipped it. So I like that. <laughs> Let me do, do you want to do your cool. questions first or mine? No, what do you think? You can do yours first. Okay. Um, talk to me about kind of the last year. And then what you think is going to happen moving forward, right? So we've kind of seen this thing almost beginning to end. And I think skincare did pretty well during COVID, right? Versus, say, makeup. But, uh, you know, what was that like? How did you guys have to pivot during that time? And then um, what do you think it's going to be like moving forward for you guys as a brand? Like, how is, how is your approach going to be different today than it was in January of 2020? Right. Um, so first of all, I heard today we had a little influencer planning meeting social meeting and they were just telling me that our trend is up above skincare's trend up but maybe it's ah. because it's only only up from here <laughs> um, <laughs> um i don't know if you can see that but anyways um well i know your numbers are up our numbers are up on what we're tracking on you guys so cool yeah so anyway, so um, 2020, we just really like put a shoulder into um, just being like super into the community and like just yep. trying to spread love and give love and do whatever. Honestly, like I, you know, I want to change the world. This was like, holy, sh my products happen to be like healing, healthy, bring so much like goodness and joy to people. So let's just like get it out there and help the yep. frontliners. So we just really went towards that and it was like just out of, because that's like what I love to do is just help as much as I can. And um, my husband is had a, is a big like nonprofit guy changing the world in his own way. So he was like, let's create a relief at Josie Marin thing where people can just write in and, or if they know people on the front lines, they can have, you know, send us their address and we can send them. So we sent tons of body butter out to hospitals and people and frontline workers. And it was just so, so, you know, wonderful to be able to do. Um, but in, so we just kind of went, we really just leaned into our community giving and that's, you know, like I said, doing good is like all I want to do. <laughs> so that was really <laughs> exciting. And it, and it was good for us. Like it just helped build our community. The love was so strong. The trust was so strong. Um, and then, you know, there was BLM and there was, what else did we, um, you know, then of course there's last year's Earth Day, which was like Earth Day on a, um, <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic. And then this year's Earth Day. Like we're just kind of leaning into like the things we care about and the things we mm -hmm. want to, impact um and and so that like that, that's what i would say and then we're you know we, right now what will be different i think eventually soon hopefully um will be just that we're much clearer about our our values and our vision and then we'll be engaging and building community around that more and maybe even creating cool services for people to really play with us around <laughs> i dig it no sorry I think leaning i know i'm not in, like talking social media talk very well um, you don't need to talk social media if you have talk, specific questions yeah i'm sorry I, I'm no like, no no 
<laughs> this is the point of this show is to talk to really interesting people that know the space and that we can learn from, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the goal. And cool. I think, um, yeah. you know, the thing that you talk about in terms of leaning into your values, like the hard times are when you do that, right? Like that's when those things show out and when they're most yeah. valuable. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it's nice to hear that it's not just uh, a mission statement, right? In some ways, I think you guys are better off because you didn't start with a mission statement that you then had to live up to, right? Yeah. You like built out a brand and you're like, okay, what is this brand? If I were to condense this into a mission statement and a set of values, what would it be? So in a lot of ways, it's actually easier, right? Um, it's probably why you're not having a hard time with it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I've got some fun cool. end of show questions, but it sounds like you might have some first, I just, which, uh, yeah. you know, I, you were not polite enough to send in advance. So I hope I don't get put on the spot. Just a little surprise. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I don't know how, okay. This is like, these are like your specialty things that, you know, I don't okay. know. Let's, let's see. So okay. what makes, what makes a winning campaign on Instagram? Oh God. Um, I mean, this is fun. You get to just like kind of maybe no, drill no, down no. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig it. I'm going to take some notes. Um, Excuse me. You know, honestly, <laughs> honestly, um, I think campaign is actually just kind of the wrong thing to focus on, right? I so like for me, <laughs> so for me, the kind of evergreen relationship building and community building that you're talking about, I think is just so much more important. And I think that people uh, severely under-resource it, right? Because campaigns are nice, they're time-bound, you have X amount of budget, you spend it, it goes well, it doesn't, you do it again. Um, but I just don't think that that's ultimately what drives success in the long run, right? I think what drives success in the long run is what you're talking about, which is like building one-to-one relationships at scale, like over and over and over again. Um, if you look at Nick's cosmetics, I remember when they got acquired, right? So this was really early in the kind of influencer social media game. They had acquired for half a billion dollars and, you know, L'Oreal thought they were acquiring this like digitally native, you know, ad scaled, whatever. And what they, when they acquired it, they said what they actually acquired was the most human brand they had ever Mm. acquired. Um, and the reason for that, right, was the team had used the internet to forge these one-to-one relationships that you never could have done before, right? Like you could talk to a certain number of people on QVC, but like compared to what you can, you know, compared to what you can do on the internet, right? You can do that at thousand X, 10,000 X scale, and you're not disintermediated by the retailers or by anybody else. Right. And so I think that's actually like what, what really builds a brand over time. Of course, it's not that you shouldn't run campaigns. Of course, you have product releases and you should make them fun and exciting and mm-hmm. you know, have the whole blockbuster moment thing going on. But um, it's just not really what I focus on. Uh, so that's, that's, my, that's my answer. Hmm. Okay, thank you. It's very game-changing. Um, what advice do you have for OG, I was going to say brands, but original gangsta brands to win on social? Any advice? Gotcha. So are you an OG brand? Yes. Okay. So what is my advice for you then? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) OG Um, slash me. (laughs) I think it just kind of builds on that first point, right? Which is like what most people assume. So what most legacy brands assume is that you know, um, oh, you know, my, my target market isn't on social media, right? Or I'm, you know, I'm not, social media isn't my thing. And I think that's changed over time. I think this was a bigger issue when we first started. 
Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that they misunderstand is just how big their existing community is online typically. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you look at a brand like a, and I'm not trying to call them out, but say like an Estee Lauder, right? I'm just using that because it's such a, you know, iconic brand. Yeah, legacy. They have yeah. thousands and thousands of influencers and, and individuals and creators that are talking about them every day because they love the products, they love the brand, and there's going to be people that are young, people that are old. It's like a whole mix of people on there. And so, you know, for them, it's not about going out and doing social media as much as it is like... There's a group of people that love the shit out of you and are talking about you all the time. And right now they're being totally ignored, right? Right now they're out there showing their love and you're not showing any love back. And I think that's just such a big missed mm. opportunity, right? Um, so for me, that's what I think about. It's not about like, you don't have to suddenly become a digital first brand to do this. Just like, you know, show love to the people that are showing you love. Like that's what, that's what you should be doing. That's awesome. I love how just simple that is, you know? Just it makes sense. That's how you are. It is in life. Like, just kind yeah, of use these, right? And then what happens, these... right? So say that, say that I'm like, you know, uh, like my wife's friend is a school teacher who has like 80,000 fans on Instagram. And she does like outfits of the day and whatever. And, you really? know, she goes out. Yeah, she's great. I guess Tori's your wife treasure. should have a big following. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's great. And she actually just left. It's kind of sad to lose a school teacher, but just left to do it full time. And, um, you know, when she goes out and she talks about a brand, like she goes out and talks about free people and like she doesn't hear anything from them. And it's a really big missed opportunity. But alternatively, if free people reaches out and says, hey, thanks so much for talking about us. We really appreciate it. We love you so much. Let us know if there's anything else you'd like to try or like, you know, I'd love to get coffee or do yoga the next time I'm in L.A. and you're around. Like what, what is she going to do in the future? Right. She's going to go, oh, wow, that was really special. Like. I'll make sure to check out the next free people collection. And her friends are going to be like, oh, what brands have you worked with lately? And she, oh, I talked about free people and they sent me a bunch of free stuff and I got to know them and we did yoga and they're great and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Right? Like that's how things spread. Yep. And yep. so um, that's what I talk about when I talk about legacy brands or OG brands. Cool. That's awesome. One more question. All right. <laughs> I love it. What's oh, your, that's great. Okay, good. Thank you. What's your opinion on how to win on TikTok? Oh God. So TikTok <laughs> is my vice. I am on TikTok way more than I should be. Um, oh I justify it as being market research. I'm just researching. Yeah. I'm just, you know, this is work. Um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a strategy there yet. I don't have a suggestion. I think it's so hard. This is what I'll say. Actually, I do have a, I have a suggestion. So okay. I think it goes back to, again, I'm going to kind of beat a dead horse here. But like CeraVe, for example, mm -hmm. right? Which I hope I'm not butchering that like I butchered your last name. But CeraVe, right, went out there and they're like gangbusters on TikTok, right? Doing super, super well. Um, tons of people creating content about them. The brands through the roof from a revenue perspective, all these kinds of things. And they like didn't even have a brand TikTok, right? Like they, they didn't even have an account. Like they'd never published a post. And it's like, well, why is that happening? And so like, well, because they built these relationships with these professionals, whether it was a dermatologist who was a professional or somebody that was just a skincare junkie. And like those people told their story. Um, and that's what they really leaned in on, right? And I think it's so hard, like as a brand, it's so fundamentally hard to create content about yourself that is interesting. Like it's just not easy to do um, versus to have somebody else validate you and talk about their love and like do it in some creative way. It's like lean on those people, right? Because you're, as a brand, 
Like when you try mm-hmm. to create something funny, like you're always fighting with one hand tied behind your back, right? Because everybody mm-hmm. knows that you've got an agenda. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that's my perspective uh, when it comes to TikTok. <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm all for people getting creative and doing their own stuff and you should do it. But I think that if you're trying to move, uh, you know, move market share, that's how you do it. Interesting. I'm just, that makes total sense. And now you can almost see like my slowness to expand distribution. It's like almost in my like slowness. It's like my personal, anyways, sorry to take this so far. <laughs> no, keep I'm going. Like, I want to hear it. I am, I have a very few friends. I have like one really good friend at a time. You know what I mean? Like I can't, like maybe two. I can't, I'm just like to go, I like to, you know, be close to people and be deep and like connect. So having a lot of people, it's hard for me. So I think that literally is playing out in terms of like where I need to expand that like in my brand because I was just kind of like not comfortable or like I didn't even understand the power of like making lots of friends and you know and the influencers are more like friends and just people that can like talk spread the love with you you know what I mean and anyway so just like expanding my horizons here and really but seeing it like that like I don't have to do all the work like I started this whole interview out with like it's all me that's like such a bad mentality as if you want to grow you know it's like like what are the other, what are the ways to like leverage other people and like have it be like a shared, wonderful love affair. Anyway. I love it. I got you thinking. You you need to do a podcast like Conan, right? He's got the Conan needs a friend podcast where he just brings (laughs) on people. It's a mix of like his friends and then all these people that he like, we should have been friends. Why aren't we friends? And then like, (laughs) (laughs) that's so good. We should do that. Okay. You could do it. I'm going to listen. I, I can. See, you're like, you can do it, girl. <laughs> I'm really expanding right now. Oh, my gosh. That's such, but it's such, I think it's just because in my mind, it's like, oh, just like, I'm shy. Even though I'm not, but like, I kind of am. I have social anxiety, even though I like can just sit here on the TV with the red light and just like, blah, blah, blah. But to get around a lot of people, I get nervous and then I'm fine. I don't know. So I just need to just like make it like a really new way of thinking about it. So thank you. absolutely well um i so i've got one last just fun end of show question okay okay? (laughs) and um and i want you to take it seriously all right so you gotta i want you to try to come up with a real answer because i have a real answer um so how many times in your life have you said the word argon Really interesting, let me think. Do some quick math if I say it. 10 to 10 to 50 times a day because I never. So maybe 20 times a day times 300 is 237. 820 times. Hold on, 17. 70,000. 7,000? 7,000. So if you do it 20 times a day, that'd be 7,000 7, a year. 7,000 something a year. Times 14 years. So you're looking at 90,000 times. No, no, no. 98,000. It doesn't even feel enough, but sure. About 98,000. <laughs> <000. laughs> 
<laughs> well, I was going to say I went with 10 times a day. So I was going to be close to 50,000. Uh... <laughs> All right. So I doubled you. It's serious, man. There's a serious Oregon love around here. It is. This literally, I can't wait. So someday soon I'm going to tell you about the crazy magic and life-changing things that have happened with this for other people, not me. Well, let them tell you the stories. I won't be telling you. Because I got lots of friends now that want to tell the story. Oh, <laughs> um, my God. Cool. So 100,000, about 98,000 times I've said, God damn it, 98,001. I love you, Argon. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I had a lot of fun today. And I know Me people too. are going to learn a lot. And uh, yeah, I just, it was great. I, I'm, thanks for coming on, Josie. Cool. Cool, yeah, thank you so much for having me, and I can't wait to keep playing with you. <laughs> I know, hopefully I'll be your third friend. So you got two friends, okay. I can be your third, and then we can work on the podcast, and you'll have, okay. you know, 20 friends by the end of the year. And we'll have like, 20, okay. And then we'll have like, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> people, I'm like, oof, 20. But people that like, the cool thing about that podcast is that you get to meet like a ton of cool, random, like not random, but people that you wouldn't, have. Anyways, we're going to do that. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Bye, Jesse. Bye. Thank you so much. Hit subscribe now. Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today at